fairy tales, children's stories about magical and imaginary beings and lands, often the first lens we give young minds to view the world they live in. Many assume these are fictional stories to be taken lightly, but what if there is more to them? This is a podcast where we'll tell you some myths and tales that you thought you knew, and we'll show you how they are connected to real-life crimes today. This is Scary Tales, where the stories of your childhood meet real-life horror. We'll discuss how the light and happy tales of youth actually have a darker history to them. We'll also discuss true crime today and some of the eerie connections they have to the myths and legends of yesterday. Tune in for a new tale every other Tuesday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere you stream your podcast. We're back. We're back. It's us. Part two. Peter Pan of Peter Pan. What did we talk about last week? So if you didn't if you didn't listen to our episode last week, we would encourage you to go back and listen there because we tell we talked to you about the Disney Peter Pan, we talked to you about the original story behind the Disney Peter Pan, we talked to you about the author J.M. Barry, very creepy man, lots of weird child traumatic childhood inspirations weird inspirations you'll never look at peter pan the same yes unfortunately and we apologize for that in the last episode we apologize for any ruinings of childhood innocence that this podcast has brought you right so if peter pan's your favorite disney movie sorry you might not want to listen to it which i finished i finished reading the original peter pan kudos um, to you last time i know so this this podcast has brought on a little bit of extra reading for me, which I like to read. English teacher, I like to read. Um, but I read all of Peter Pan. So last week when we filmed, I'd only read the first half. This week I finished it. Um, we Last time I talked about when Peter and Wendy first met, how they exchanged kisses, which, mm-hmm. you know, Disney took that part out. They took it I, w- I kind of wish they would have kept it. I know, because it was kind of sweet like it was a little bit sweet but also a little bit you know weird i wish they would have just made it sweet and kept it yeah she when peter pan comes into the room wendy like really wants to kiss him and she offers to give him a kiss and he has no idea what a kiss is which slow down wendy how old is wendy a young yes young yeah Mm -hmm. and like old enough to not share a room with her little brothers but not old enough to be kissing boys that Mm -hmm. are climbing in her window right I wonder if right. I, yeah, I wonder if this is where, you know, climbing in the window came from. Climbing in your window, snatching your children up. He gives him a thimble because he's like, yeah, I want a kiss. And he has no idea what a kiss is. Mm-hmm. And then he, in turn, gives her a button. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to get you for Christmas. He thinks that's a kiss, yeah. Uh-huh. They're just like exchanging little trinkets and he thinks they're kisses. So she puts that button around, which last episode I said it was an acorn. <clears throat> Which, sorry. Just, it, <laughs> you it, know, it's They fall. were exchanging random things. And fall teams. I just, acorn is what stuck out in my mind. <laughs> he gives her a button. She puts that button on a necklace. And in the book, they said something like, very ominous, like, and this button would save Wendy's life later. And it was just a little foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. But that's what saves her when the Lost Boys shoot her out of the sky. They mm-hmm. shoot her in the chest. The they buttons think, there. They think she's dead, but the the arrow hit that button. Mm-hmm. And then they which, put her in the Wendy house. And then they put her in the Wendy house, which Disney Disney took out the that little romantic side story. Mm-hmm. They took out the shooting somebody 
dead out of the sky. Shooting her dead, yeah. Yeah. Because they did fall out of the sky, but she yeah. wasn't injured. But she wasn't, yeah. She right. wasn't presumed dead. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something interesting that I was going to follow up on. And then in terms of the end of the book, when the kids return home, it shows you a little bit of what's been going on with the mom and the dad. And the father has been like distraught over the children disappearing. He kind of thinks he had something to do with it, like that they ran away from him. And he kind of self-imposes this punishment by sleeping in Nana, the the dog's house, Mm -hmm. like trying to just punish himself for the kids running away, which... Sleeping in the dog house. Yeah, if somebody's like in the dog house, it means they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, when I was doing some research online about this, and a lot of people think that Peter Pan is where that term came from. Interesting. Which I thought was kind of cute, which I, I kept digging. And there's there's two camps of people. There's one camp of people that think that this is the origin of the expression, quote unquote, in the doghouse. But then other people have dug a little bit deeper and they think it comes from something pre-Peter Pan, but that Peter Pan is just what made it famous. The more you know. Yeah. So next time, some, next time your significant other is like being... Mm-hmm. Bad, and, and you want to say, and you want to put him in the doghouse. Yes, yeah. think of Peter Pan. Think of Peter Pan. Think of Nana, Nana, <clears throat> Nana the nanny dog. So those are my updates. I love that. Good, good. Uh, wrap it up. Put a little nice bow on it. Oh, wait. oh, wait. You told me you texted I know. me I was something. Just, I was just thinking about this. Also, <laughs> just uh, this is a fun little snippet from there, the book. There were I sent you I think two quotes from the book that I thought were interesting. Mm-hmm. One of them I think would make a good T-shirt idea. Okay, and then the other one was just interestingly not, you know, another thing that Disney cut out. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, let's see, I texted you this, and the and I didn't, add, there was no pre-context to this. I literally just I'm sent just you this. I'm just sitting at work, and I get it. I just sent you this quote, and I didn't say anything else. Uh, the quote was, After a while, Peter fell asleep, and some unsteady fairies had to climb over him on their way home from an orgy. Yup. Just casual thing and that's it that they didn't say anything else about it so oh. that just was side a note. little side note in there which throughout the whole book whenever they give a like unusual word they give you a definition of it they didn't define orgy it's, they just, they just left a that there of fairies then the other thing i thought that would make a good uh t-shirt idea is at the end when peter pan and captain hook are having their like final duel mm-hmm. uh peter or er, hook calls Peter Pan proud and insolent youth, which I feel like that would just be a great t-shirt idea. Yes. Just, you need to make it for all of your, your I know children. That, that, all my your students. students. Um, I, I just thought, I don't know. I was like, we should just pull like really obscure quotes from our Disney stories. Make a t-shirt line. Make a t-shirt line. But I thought that was a good one. Yeah. Pe- Let Hook, us know if, if, you, if you would, would like wear that. one. Hook calls Peter Pan proud and insolent youth, and then Peter Pan calls Hook dark and sinister man, and then they duel. Would you want to be a dark and sinister man, or? Oh, I would. I would one hundred percent wear one that said proud and insolent youth. What What does insolent mean? Not not insolent, insolent. Let me let me let me give you the Webster dictionary definition of insolent. It means <laughs> rude, showing a rude and arrogant lack of respect. Kids these days. Kids what these are you going to do with them? Anyway, I thought, that would make for, I thought that would make for a good t-shirt. Yeah. We, we want to start a merch line. Mm-hmm. 
So we've been we've been playing around with some different ideas of things. Probably just a shirt that says snack break, or you just want it to say snack. Yeah. Looking for a snack, uh-huh. snack break. What's snacking? I don't know. We definitely need a, a snack-themed shirt. Yes, because we're all about the snacks, and but we'll uh, have a snack break later today. We are going to have one later today. We're, Lacey's really excited about our snack yes. break today. So this episode, the format's a little different because it's just a continuation of last week's episode. This week, we are just kind of covering the true crime yep. that there was. It was way too long. There's too much. So we cut it into two parts. Too many allegations. Mm-hmm. Yep. Unfortunately, for one episode. Yes. Had the story ended where it ended last week, you could fall in. I don't know. You could maybe think one way, but. Mm-hmm. You would be less suspicious. You would be less perhaps. suspicious, but the more allegations come up, the more suspicious it might make you. Right. So, if you didn't join us last week, we talked about Michael Jackson for our true crime uh, portion you of the show. You can't talk about Peter Pan and not talk about Michael Jackson. Nope. He literally said, "I am Peter Pan," and he then he built a ranch and called it Neverland Ranch. You, there's no avoiding it. Uh huh. There's I mean, a clear the, connection. Yeah. The idea of youthfulness and childhood and we can all we all have those nostalgic moments where we think about those things, but obsession with it, did he have an obsession? Was it just a sentimental type thing? There's a line mm-hmm. that has been blurred in this Yes. In this story. Again, last week we gave a disclaimer. This week we'll give a disclaimer. All of this, you can find any of this information online. We're just Letting you know it's what's all, out there. It's all just allegations. Mm-hmm. Nothing technically. Allegedly. All, it's all allegedly. Yes. So don't get mad Add at us. Add the word allegedly in front of everything we say today. Uh-huh. I loved, love, I was listening to him the other day, Michael Jackson. And I remember when the allegations came out in 2000, because I was too young for the early 90s, um, I was upset and defensive of him and everything else. But the this will it is what it is and we'll let you know what research we found yep. and let you decide. So here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Last week we talked about Jordy Chandler and that those allegations and those legal troubles happened in the early nineties. We were both too young to remember seeing that on T V. Yep. This week the trouble starts in two thousand, so Jump ahead just a little bit. This is a time when Michael Jackson meets another little boy whose name was Gavin Arvizo. And everything with the previous boy in the last episode is over and done with. Mm-hmm. It's settled outside yep. of court. As far as I know. One, one story ended and another mm-hmm. one began with Gavin. Right. Gavin, he's 10 years old, and he unfortunately has cancer, and at the time, he was only expected to live for just a few more weeks. And he somehow had a friend connection of some sort that allowed him to speak to Michael Jackson on the phone. And I I don't know if it was Make-A-Wish or if they even had that back then, but probably something along the lines of Make-A-Wish. Yeah, because there's a lot of stories like that where celebrities will do something extravagant Mm -hmm. for... Someone who has a terminal illness. Right. That makes more sense to me than last week's weird yes. connection. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back to next week. He So they talk on the phone, and eventually Michael invites Arvizo, Gavin. Well, who do you, what do you want to call him? Gavin or Arvizo? <laughs> I always do this in every episode. I don't. Either Gavin. One. Let's Gavin. go with Gavin. That's his first name. 
Gavin and his parents and his brother and sister all fly out to Neverland Ranch. Here we are again. Michael's inviting families with young, small children out to the ranch. Yeah, which again, a little more understandable this time. However, however, if, if I would have... If you've already been in trouble for it once, you probably don't want to do it again. Right. Like, and even maybe if your if intentions thinks, are super pure. If he really is innocent and thinks that he's innocent, he's like, I don't... I'm not doing anything wrong. We're not actually yeah. doing anything. So yeah, I don't true. see any problem. Or it could be, I'm so famous, no one can stop me. Yeah. I'm on top of the world type thing. Yeah. We're That's, not saying those which are, one. Yeah. Those are both very, very accurate motivations. Mm-hmm. In February 2003, a document. <laughs> Lacey's had trouble saying documentary all day. Documentary. I don't. She sounds it's British. The only, it's the only it's the way only, I can say it. I'm having. There's like a mental block. I don't know what it is. So here's how we're gonna do this part because I can't say the word. I'll, you want me to tell you about the documentary? Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> I can't say. This it. is literally like our seventh take of this episode okay. because I can't say. Am I? I think. Am I having an aneurysm? I hope not. You're Maybe it's meta- just. I'm in the mode of Peter Pan. I'm Brit- it's British. It's British. Yep. I mean, yeah, yeah. They're in London. So documentary. Documentary. I, okay. So in, I still can't say it. Go ahead. In February 2003, there is a documentary called Living with Michael Jackson, and it airs in both Britain and the U.S., which have you ever seen this documentary? I haven't. Then have time. I, I'm, I'm, I might have seen some clips from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, I mean, it sounds interesting. I, honestly, I'll probably go watch it now uh-huh. that we've been talking about it. But it was over an eight-month span, beginning in 2002. There was a British journalist who interviewed Michael Jackson. Um, they edited all the footage that they had and made it into this big "Living with Michael Jackson" documentary. It sounds fascinating. It does sound. It does sound really interesting. Because who wouldn't want to live with a superstar? Well, and this was all filmed post the first the first mm-hmm. set of allegations. So I'm sure he was. I'm sure the journalist was looking for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this documentary though just brought back some negative viewpoint of Michael mm-hmm. Jackson. Like it just it, it, it ignited it re- the flames. Yeah, it reopened his story of people kind of being skeptical about him and like his relationship with children because the documentary featured um, Gavin mm-hmm. Arizo. You want me and his family. Yeah. I think I think my brain has healed, and yeah, I can. I, I don't think you have to say the word documentary anymore. Okay. So I think thank you, you so much. You're welcome. Our, uh, Gavin at this time, his cancer had thankfully gone into remission. He's on the program. You can see Michael and him holding hands, uh, hanging out, and they discuss their sleeping arrangements for this little situation they got going on. I don't know what you call it. He references a specific night where our, Gavin did stay in his bed. But this Michael claims that he slept on the floor. Where is his family? I, and I still, he's got this massive house. Mm-hmm. There's no, everyone could have their own room. Like, there's plenty of space. No need to share a room. Well, he's going to tell you, I'm going to tell you in a second what he said about why. Oh, why he did that? Great, because yeah. I'd love to know. <laughs> I'm still, like, annoyed by it. I'd love to know. He says... He also shared a bed. He goes on to talk about how he shared a bed with Macaulay Culkin and Kieran Culkin. And this is what he said about it. He said, it's very loving. That's what the world needs now. It's not sexual. We're going to sleep. I took them in. It's very charming. It's very sweet. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. 
No, because no. they're not your children. No, they're not your children. And you can tuck them in and go to a different room, and, and you still get the, the charming suite. Yes, great tuck point. Tuck you in. Tuck you in. Leave a little, in mint, your own, leave in a little mint on your pillow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you look up, because I'm not sure when his children were born. And Michael Jackson. Yeah, does he have children at this point? I don't know how uh, old Paris is. Michael Jackson's <clears throat> children. Yeah, because, again, no need for you to tuck in someone else's children. Mm-hmm. You've already loved on them and shown them this, like, loving, sweet kindness by mm-hmm. inviting them to your ranch and letting them have, like, just the most epic experience at Neverland. Paris was born in 1998. So okay, is, so he, he already he does, has children. Already, he already does have kids. Yeah. Um, Prince was born in 2002, so mm-hmm. the same year that... Is that the same year that, or a year Mm -hmm. before this documentary aired? And then Michael Joseph Jackson was born in 97. Okay. So he already has children that his own children need to be tucking in. To tuck in. (sighs) Yeah. Problematic. Mm -hmm. After this airs, like we said, it brings Michael Jackson and all of the past allegations back into the spotlight. And he blames the director of the documentary. Thank you. Martin Basher, First, uh, he says that he feels betrayed and that he portrayed him in the wrong light. Yada, yada, yada. Which, listen, if, so, if you're going to invite a journalist into your home to film a documentary. Get ready. They're going to cut it the gonna, way they want yeah, to. Yeah, and they're going to look for the, they're not going to look for the, they're, they're looking for the stuff that's going to sell a story. Right. And it's not going to be the, like, simple, happy, wholesome mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, oh, I don't know this, what you thought. This grown man has children that aren't his sleeping in his bed? Yeah. We're going to get Let that me just, he's on like, tape. Yeah, he's not going to just ignore that. Right. So while Jackson is in Las Vegas, he's shooting a music video and a CBS special. More than 60 police officers raid Neverland Ranch, and they are searching for evidence um, in what they describe as an ongoing criminal investi- investigation. And one day later... Pre- Police reveal that they have issued an arrest warrant, and which that means they found something. Right. If there's an arrest warrant, mm-hmm. and the arrest warrant says is for multiple counts of child molestation, and they announce that they are giving Michael the opportunity to surrender. CBS pulls the upcoming TV special, as they should if we don't know what's going on yet. Right. The following day. The announcement of the arrest after the arrest warrant is announced, Jackson is booked at the Santa Barbara County Jail. They say that he will be served with uh, multiple counts of acts against children under the age of 13. Authorities say that he will be charged with multiple counts of lewd and, I can't say that word, lascivious, lascivious acts with a child under the age of 14, according to the New York Times, but formal charges were still pending. No information about Gavin was released, though the Times reported that the allegations involved a young cancer patient, and everyone well, had seen the documentary. it down, yeah. Yeah, how many young children that young cancer patients were at the ranch. So kind of leaking that information yeah. to the public, like last yeah, week. The, yeah, they'll give you enough details without saying the person's name right. to like help you put two and two together. Jackson's lawyer, Mark Garagos, denies the charges on Michael Jackson's behalf, saying that they are categorically untrue and roughly 
only an hour after he arrives at jail. Of course, he is freed on $3 million bond. Yeah, because $3 million is nothing to him. Mm-hmm. Pocket change. Pocket change to Michael Jackson. In December of 2003, Jackson is formally charged with child molestation, and they charge him with seven counts of child molestation and two counts of administering an intoxicating agent for the purpose of committing a felony. Ooh, I don't like that. I don't either. It sounds like date rape. Or... Uh, yeah, it sounds like intoxicating agent, some kind of drug. Mm-hmm. And the molestation charges alone carry a 20-year prison sentence. Do you think that's fair? You think? I don't know. I mean... No. Is it 20 years for just me? For, for me, one? it's like you molest a child, you're, right? Is it you're 20, locked away for is life? Is that 20 years just for one or 20 years for all seven counts? Because oh, I don't know if it's 20, like if it's 20 years for one count, 20 times seven, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, yeah, that is a lot. Because if you do the math there, that's only like two or three years for each child. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like enough to me, right? So Jackson and his lawyer claim again that. If you know anything about the accusers, they're just in it for the money. And he said revenge. I don't know what revenge they would have. But um, unless they, he actually did molest them and they were getting revenge. Citing the document, the Times reports that the alleged crimes are said to have taken place between February 7th and March 10th of 2003, meaning that they allegedly occurred after Living with Michael Jackson aired on television. In March, April 2004, the grand jury finally assembles and they indict Jackson on additional charges. There were 19 members of the grand jury that convened and discussed the case. CNN later noted the witnesses in the proceedings included Arvizo, his brother, his parents, the friend who initially connected Arvizo. I find that interesting that they never say that person's name. Well, yeah, he probably doesn't want to come forward and be like, yeah, I'm the one that caused all this to happen. Yeah. The attorney, Larry Feldman, who also represented Jordan Chandler, which is interesting, Arvizo's mother and a psychologist, they all were a part of this hearing. The grand jury indicted Michael Jackson on April 21st, but the charges were not made public until a few days later. And on May 1st, the L.A. Times reports that the indictment features a new charge of conspiracy involving child abduction, false imprisonment, and extortion. So this reminds me of the, um, what was the, the latest, what was that guy's name that had the island? Jeff, um, Epstein. Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein. That's kind of giving me those. Yeah, it, it's escalated. It's escalated between last week and this week mm-hmm. from just like sexual misconduct to child molestation to... Child abduction, false imprisonment, (laughs) extortion. What was the other thing about the intoxicating drug Mm -hmm. charge? Like, this has escalated quickly. In February of 2005, so this trial is taking a while, because any trial this big normally takes several years. And if you're famous, you have more leeway to delay stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can, I think... You can drag that process I'm busy out a little that bit day. longer. Yeah. Sorry. Jackson's criminal trial begins. He it's obviously continuously making headlines and several celebrity witnesses are on during the trial, including Macaulay Culkin and Chris Tucker. He's and, and I remember seeing pictures from this. Michael Jackson would sometimes show up to court late. One time he showed up to court late and in his pajamas. What 
Boy, get it together. I, I know. It, that plays a big role in how people treat you. And if you yeah. if you show up looking like a slob, like this but doesn't it, matter. But again, if he's thinking he's innocent, he's like, oh, there's no way. I'm completely innocent. They're, they're or not. again, on the other side of it, if he's thinking he's you know rich and powerful, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'll let me do what show I want. up in my Gucci pajamas. Yeah, let me just do whatever. <laughs> also, I'm I'm interested. I kind of forgot that Macaulay Culkin was involved in this, mm-hmm. and he's never um, gone back on his statements. He never came forward and said, "Oh, never mind. He did molest me," which you'll see later in the story. Other people do flip. Yep. Yeah. At the center of this trial, which was known as the People vs. Michael Jackson, are allegations and testimony from Gavin that Jackson, I'm going to say, touched him inappropriately. Thank you. (laughs) And served him alcohol that the singer called, are you ready for this, Jesus Juice. I don't like that at all. I'm going to fix you up a little Jesus Juice later. Which, and... I guess this is probably what was "quote unquote" the intox the intoxicated mm-hmm. that had an intoxicant in it um, that he was serving to minors yeah. to to help seduce them. Yeah. Uh, did you ever watch Honey Boo Boo? No. She drank Go Go Juice, and it was like Mountain Dew mixed with an energy drink. Oh gosh, mixed with something else. That reminds that's me what, of that's what we should do for a snack break. Yeah, snack break. It's Go Go Juice. <laughs> Gavin's older sister and younger brother also take the stand. His sister alleged that in the wake of the premiere of Living with Michael Jackson, Jackson's employees tried to keep her and her family out of the public eye by moving them between all of his uh, residences in L.A., including Neverland Ranch, the Los Angeles home, Calabasas. He's got a lot of homes yeah, and a lot of expensive places. Miami. Mm-hmm. They were allegedly instructed to stay in their rooms, and Gavin's mother— testified that on a flight back from Miami, she saw Michael Jackson licking her older son's head. <laughs> I don't know what else that can be construed as. Maybe he was just giving him a little on the head, which also. Yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no way there's to, no explaining that one mm-hmm. unless there was like turbulence on the plane. Oh, and he was like oh, he like oh, fell oh, and just knocked his head. Yeah. Gave a big old lick while he's falling down. She could just be completely lying. It's all allegedly. It's all allegations. Gavin's brother testified that in two separate instances he saw Jackson again touching and groping Gavin inappropriately. And he also said that Jackson showed them pornographic material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember Blanca Francia from last week's episode? The maid. She's the maid. She she testifies again. Same thing um, about what she saw, which was that if you didn't listen to last week, again, go back and listen. Jackson was swimming with a bunch of boys in his pool, and they were all naked and blah, blah, blah. But she recounted that, didn't she? Well, she, that's when she that's what she said in her interview with I think it was GQ, but when she got on the stand, she said that the boys were wearing swimming trunks or so, it was her son that said right. they were wearing anyways, but she got paid uh, yeah, she got paid a, a lot of money, ton of money. Yeah, for that interview, so 2 million, I believe. Yeah, I don't know how much I trust her because she, her story kept changing and she kept getting money mm-hmm. every time she talked to somebody. Yeah, so. so she's out for me. I don't, yeah, I don't know that I trust her mm-hmm. so much as I would. And again, the family members that are testifying for these boys, obviously they have this, their children's interest, theoretically, they have their children's interest at heart. Mm-hmm. This ex-maid who's just like caught in the middle, 
she doesn't care one way or another as long as she gets paid. Right. Is how I feel. This, if you remember last week, we talked about Wade Robson. He testified in the 90s, early 90s trial. He also testifies in this trial and said that he was never seen doing anything inappropriate inappropriate correct with Jackson in the 90s trial she the maid said she saw Wade showering with Jackson he also said that he and Jackson did share a bed several times but Jackson never touched him sexually i said that weird sexually <laughs> Jackson never touched him sexually Brett Barnes who was also one of the younger children who testified in the earlier in the early 90s trial, he said that he was never molested by Jackson. And Macaulay Culkin also said the allegations were absolutely ridiculous. So that's three three people at least. Mm-hmm. Wade Robson, Brett Barnes, and Macaulay Culkin that mm-hmm. are saying, I've been there, you know, I've hung out with Michael Jackson and nothing inappropriate happened. Right. But also when you're a young teenage boy who wants to be like yeah i was molested and say that to the whole public yeah true so there's that jackson's defense team continuously picks out the credibility of gavin's family and questions why they don't some certain accounts that they have reported on don't line up and that'll especially come when we talk about wade robson later the accounts definitely didn't add up the timelines somebody was lying yeah right Neverland employees testified that they saw Gavin and his brother reading pornographic magazines, stealing liquor, and writing lewd graffiti. Which, okay. They're young teenage boys. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. But where did they get the liquor and the pornographic magazines? It's Neverland. You can get whatever you want I in guess Neverland. So. And you just snap mm-hmm. your fingers and there it is. In June 14, 2005, we're bringing this thing to an end. Jackson is acquitted of all charges. The jury deliberated for 32 hours for a total of seven days. Woof. That's a long time. That's a long time. Because I also imagine, wouldn't they have had to be in isolation for all that? Right. Because they're not supposed to, like, watch the news or mm-hmm. anything like that, which there's going to be a ton of news on this case. Right. Also, how do you find someone to be on the jury that, like, doesn't know anything about Michael Jackson at this point? Right. You know what I mean? They probably did a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they did. I wonder if you could find, if it's actually possible to find a human being that doesn't know who Michael Jackson is in the oh, United States. I, I'm sure. I'm sure there really? is, but you'd probably have to go to like... Western Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say another state, but let me just say Alabama. I was thinking of where a nanny, nanny, nanny Doss was from. Blue, Blue, Blue Mountain. Mountain, Alabama. Yeah. The jury deliberates and they come to the conclusion that he is not guilty on all counts cleared completely and they said that we expected better evidence something that was a little more convincing that's what one juror said and he said it just wasn't there and i agree so yeah innocent until proven guilty that they felt like they didn't have any Mm -hmm. like concrete evidence concrete 100 percent, without a doubt fact that this happened yeah if there's any questionable doubt when the the dogs say the dogs the say, dogs say no, no, cancel it. We if, hate it. If there's any questionable doubt, you have to say you have to vote not guilty. Right. So, so there it is. There is the first part of the episode. We talked about the rest of his 
legal troubles as far as children go. We also have to talk about Michael Jackson's death. Yeah, there's... And or murder. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think the general conclusion is that he was murdered, so... Oh, let, let's let's chit-chat about yes. that, but I need a snack. Me too, and I'm so I know. excited. You are pumped for this one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get into it. Snack break. It's a snack. It's okay. a snack. What we got today? Today we have a classic snack. A, cl- a, a twist on a classic snack. Okay. So it's a Little Debbie snack. Ooh. You know, Little Debbie is a classic snack. It is. But this is not just any Little Debbie. Let's hear it. This is, these are unicorn cakes. Oh my God. So I'm opening the box. Unicorn cakes, sparkling strawberry. Mm-hmm. The package is pink and blue and Magical. purple. And there's stars all over it. It says one of a kind. Ooh. Give it to me. Give so, it to me. Okay. ASMR. ASMR. Little Debbie 100. If they sponsored us, I would... mm. I'll I'll hold on to it and wait for you. I want one. It's a white rectangular little cake, and it has blue icing and purple sprinkles. Yeah, it kind of reminds it kind of reminds me of a, the look of it like a zebra cake. Mm-hmm. I'm I don't sure know. This I don't know if my mind is just going be. there because a unicorn is a type of horse. It's a type the, of horse the, that's not real. It's in the same horse family as a uni, as a zebra. Uh huh. But you know, just the fictional in the version. imaginary realm. Yeah. Here we go. Open the package. It smells so ten smells. out of freaking ten. It smell the smell is a ten out of ten. Let's take it. Oh wait for me. Ready. Oh, that does smell pretty good. Let me get it out. Let her get her out. Oh, she's she's so white white icing with blue drizzle on the top, and then a little bit of purple sprinkles. Mm-hmm. You ready? One, two, three. I love that so much. <laughs> okay. So inside, mm-hmm. tell us about what's inside. Mm. It's, you're just. It's pink cake, and it has a lavender colored filling in the middle and it is she loves it i can't get the rest of mine out of my package bon appetit chef's kiss bon appetite i'm gonna eat the rest i'm gonna eat all of that oh i know you are that's good this is a 10 out of 10 all right (laughs) i'm only two bites in and Lacey's entire unicorn cake is gone here's the last bite Mm. Mm mm-hmm I have had two bites, and she has eaten the entire thing. What would you rate it? I mean, that was pretty good. I like the strawberry. Oh, I have a dead bug in my coffee. Oh, well, I wouldn't recommend washing that down with a you dead see bug coffee. You see it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, well, here's the thing. Lacey takes her coffee with so much cream that like, you can very clearly see a black fly in the coffee. It's not a fly. Or whatever it is. It's a gnat. It's a gnat. A, a gnat. But, but I'm just saying her coffee is so mm-hmm. creamy. You can clearly see the fly. No, that's pretty good. I'm just, I'm I'm happy that this is your first 10 out of 10. It is. Let's There's... commemorate this with a song. Mm, snack break. 10 out of 10. Do it again. I would eat it again. <laughs> Listen, if you guys want to make Lacey's day, just send her a package of unicorn cakes. Mm-hmm. And she'll be your best friend forever. 
Delicious. 10 out of 10. Should we get back? Let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. And we're back. How are you feeling? I'm good. My belly's full now that we had our snack. My belly's full. I'm When I eat too much sugar and coffee, that's all I've had today, and caffeine, I'm just like... <laughs> I, on Currently on our, on our recording table, there is a pack of Little Debbie snacks, a massive cup of coffee, a pack of Sour Patch Kids, and a... Is that a Diet Coke or a regular... Uh, Never, never, never how, in this. How get dare. out what, of my what house! Is, is it is a Coke Zero. A Coke Zero. The that's one it. and only Coke Zero. That that's those are all just Lacey's things. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> she's so accurate. She's a little caffeinated, sugar rush. I can't say some words. We've filmed this episode. We've started started filming this episode like seven mm-hmm. times today. There was one part where we just started laughing and couldn't stop uncontrollably. Mm. Mm-hmm. We need to make a blooper reel. We would have a good one. Right. So Jackson's life, although filled with, I'm sure, grand adventures, you're a superstar, you're touring the world, all those things. Almost a touring, like a touring. Touring. Going on tour. Bama. He, it was sprinkled with a lot of tragic things. Yeah. Including all the allegations. Right. And that's just still not even it. Mm -hmm. It also ends tragically, as I'm sure most people know. He passed away on June 25th, 2009, and he was 50 years old. So we remembered, I I can remember this part happening. Mm -hmm. I don't remember so much the allegations and the court cases and things like that, Mm -hmm. but I remember all of the... It was a huge deal. Yeah, all the the emotions and allegations and questions Mm -hmm. around his death. So I remember exactly where we were. I... We were in high school, or we had just graduated from high school, and we, for our graduation present, Chase's parents took us to New York. And as soon as we touched down, um, we had gotten to our hotel, and I, we we're in the lobby, and I get a text from my mom saying, MJ died. I remember that very specifically, and I'm like, what? Who's MJ? I was about to say, did you know who she meant no, by MJ? I didn't oh, know I, anyone else named are MJ. Are you close enough to mm-hmm. Michael Jackson that y'all are on an initials basis? Right. You know, my homie. Yeah. <laughs> And I look up, and it's all over the TV. Michael Jackson has died. Within minutes, they are already selling shirts out on the streets of New York. Oh, no doubt. Uh Uh-huh. People sobbing, carrying signs everywhere. It was just madness. Yeah. He is the king of pop. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it wasn't just... It wasn't just a tragic death move on. It was... There was a lot of question and controversy to it mm-hmm. especially following everything that we just more talked about. trials yes more court hearings yes all kinds of things so what did you when you watched what from what you saw what was your understanding of what happened to michael jackson i i think i thought the initial <laughs> lacy's trying to open her her coke zero quietly my the initial thing I remember was it being a question of overdose. Like I think some people, there was a big initial group that thought it was either accidental or intentional overdosing because of all the allegations that like, uh, that some people thought a lot of that caught up with him and that he couldn't handle, you know, that, that past that he had. 
Right. I think anytime a celebrity that dies relatively young, that's where your first mind goes. Right. Your first mind, your mind first goes. Yeah. That's what, that's what I remember. I can't remember what my initial thought was because I've done so much research on it now. That's just like the thing that's in the forefront of my brain. But at that time, Michael is getting ready for a world tour and you can watch that documentary about him preparing for that tour. So Jackson gets acquitted. What happens after he gets acquitted? He never returns to Neverland Ranch. Probably a good thing. Well, so also so much of that was probably taken into evidence. Like mm-hmm. that place just one, the memories connected to it probably weren't great. And mm-hmm. then two, I mean, a lot of it was like a crime, quote-unquote, crime scene that police had probably ransacked so Mm -hmm. much of it. And he said the police raid of the property no longer made it a home. Yeah. And I can see that. That's horrible memories there. So why would you want to leave, live there? For the next four years, he lived primarily in Bahrain and Ireland, which... You love Ireland. I do. I'm jealous. I'm not surprised. It's the best place. And he eventually returned to Los Angeles, but not to Neverland Ranch. He's living somewhere else in Los Angeles. He was kind of on the back burner for several years, trying to lay low, dodge allegations of abuse and medical issues. People started worrying about him. He started looking very, very thin. He had all of that plastic surgery. He just looked unwell. Yeah, I, I remember that part too. Like there, was, there were allegations of his... Like, his skin was changing, his facial shit. Like, he was unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. So he died on June 25th, 2009. So let's back up to the night before. June 24th, this is where all this goes down. That day, he had been in deep rehearsals for the comeback tour. The pressure is on. He is extremely stressed out. When you're not stressed out, you're not sleeping. The people that were there said the rehearsal that night ended around midnight and the last performance he made was of the Earth song. You like that song? Sing it for me. I can't. <laughs> I know how it goes in my head. Like, I can see it, and I remember the video behind it, but I can't, I can't sing it. Anyway. Anyway. I almost said, anyways. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> the singer hugged his dancers. He thanked the crew and wished them a good night, saying, God bless you. Carol Wood Drive, that's where he lives now. He goes home. And he stopped briefly at the front gate of the house because there were fans there who he was nice enough to get out and greet and meet for a little bit. Just think now, those fans are the last last fans to have an encounter with him. Goosebumps. I wonder if they've ever found them and interviewed them and asked, like, how how did he seem? That kind of thing. Yeah. They pull into the driveway and Dr. Murray, Michael Jackson's doctor, his car was parked outside the home and... It had been recently he was staying at Michael Jackson's house as his kind of live-in doctor taking care of him. Which I, that wouldn't surprise me that when, when singers and celebrities, especially people who have so much choreographed mm-hmm. material in their performances, would have like a doctor travel with them. Just like a sports oh, team. Yeah. Has, a sports team has a doctor that yeah. goes with them everywhere. That, mm-hmm. that is so far, I'm not If I could have a – if I was rich enough to have like a live-in chiropractor – 100%. Yeah. 1,000%. Which, that, that's the boat Michael Jackson's in. He mm-hmm. could have... He could have that for sure. Right. I don't think I'd have a just standard doctor. I'd get no. me a... Well, he probably had a professional in every aspect of what he needed. Mm-hmm. Lucky. 
Jackson's security personnel escorted him to the house and the foot of the stairs, and that's where they stopped because no one historically was allowed to go anywhere with him other than his children and Murray. And I wonder if that's what happened after all the allegations and everything he went through. That was a new rule. No one come upstairs. No one be around me, period. Trying to just, like, eliminate any kind of, like, any kind of doubt people could have. Mm -hmm. Through that night and the next morning, what we found out that Michael Jackson was given drugs to help him sleep. And on June 25th, he was found unresponsive. He went into cardiac arrest. He was not breathing, and he was rushed to the hospital, but it was too late. So I'm going to go into details on exactly how how all of that occurred, but that is the general consensus at the time. June 20, July 7th, 2009, Jackson, they had his funeral at the Staples Center, which... <laughs> yeah. His memorial service at the Staples. If you can fill out the Staples Center mm-hmm. for your memorial service. You're doing good. You, you are the king of pop. You are the king. August 24, 2009, the coroner reports that the anesthetic propofol, which we will get into, no idea. Had been, <laughs> has been found with sedatives in the pop star system, and it created a lethal mix that killed him. August 28, 2009, Jackson's death is ruled a homicide. February 8, 2010, L.A.'s county prosecutors file a long-anticipated involuntary manslaughter charge against Murray, Jackson's personal physician. September 28, 2011, prosecution witnesses testify that Murray covered up the pop star's health both before and after his death, misleading concert promoters and his entourage, which I don't know how you covered up his health. He looked like he weighed about five pounds. he looked unhealthy. October 7, 2011, there was an interview with the LAPD detectives that Murray gave, and he described Jackson as being desperate for sleep and asking for propofol. So this interview is where I got most of my information. You can find the transcript of the recorded interview with Murray online. It's very long. I'm going to try and give you the, yeah. the short pieces. Murray said that he had been Jackson's doctor on and off since 2006. At that time, he was asked to see Jackson and his family for flu-like symptoms. Normal enough. Yeah. We've all been there. We've all gotten the flu. Hannah right. won't Mu- get her flu shot. Must be nice if you... <laughs> yes, I don't, like, I don't like shots. But must be nice if you can just, you know, call in the doctor and they can come take care of you at mm-hmm. your house. You and your family at the house. Instead yes, of you especially to, in COVID times. Yeah. Before Michael Jackson's death, Dr. Murray had been seeing Jackson for two months. So seeing him on and off, but then the final months of Jackson's life, the past two months, he had been seeing him regularly. Probably because he was gearing up for that tour. Right. Jackson wanted Dr. Murray to come on the tour in England. Yeah, because if he gets sick before the tour and he Mm -hmm. hasn't canceled the tour, then that's a big deal. When they asked him about Michael Jackson's general health when he met him, Dr. Murray said that Jackson did not eat well, which was no surprise. He was very thin. However, physically, nothing was found other than a subluxation of Jackson's right hip. So his right hip was loose. It's like a partial dislocation. He didn't have a good right hip, which you've been boogieing uh, yeah, and dancing and moonwalking. Yeah. You're literally your entire life. So not surprised. Right. I'm actually surprised that that's All, the only yeah. thing. The only like. Mm-hmm. Per Michael Jackson's request, Dr. Murray was spending the night, like I said, at Jackson's house six nights a week. I believe he said his off day was a Sunday, which I thought was weird, but also you only get one day off a week. Yeah. 
But you're living with Michael Jackson. Yeah, you're you're, you're still living going the on good tour, life. doing the things. On the night of June 24th, Dr. Murray arrives to the house before Jackson. Jackson takes a quick shower when he gets home and returns to his room where Dr. Murray is waiting for him. He's Dr. Murray said that Jackson was um, asked him to put this lotion on his back for his dermat- dermatological issues, which I think it's a well-known fact that Jackson had vitiligo. Turns white. Was, yeah, mm-hmm. like the, the what is that called? Your, the pigmentation in your skin. Mm-hmm. Melanin. Yeah. Science facts. He then set up an IV in Jackson's leg. He said that the veins in his arm were not he did, were not great again. He didn't seem like he was in the best health, not eating properly. Yeah. So he had to find a vein in Jackson's leg. Then he administered 10 milligrams of Valium and 2 milligrams of lorazepam, also known in the hospital, we know it as Ativan. So tell the people what Valium and lorazepam or Ativan are for. Both sedatives, one would have knocked you out. Well, yeah. I'm also thinking for you to have that in an IV Mm -hmm. signifies a larger dose and a quicker yeah, like getting into the system process, mm-hmm. then you just like taking a pill. Yeah. So That's either of lot. us, if they gave you one of those things, you would sleep great for okay. like a melatonin four days. does it for me, right? Mm-hmm. So Ativan's what we give people in the, the hospital when they start acting out, like oh, they about yeah. to get it. They and you probably do you give out of the bed a, a IV of it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Sometimes they're on an Ativan drip. Yeah. So that's. To keep them heavy under control. dose. That's mm-hmm. heavy, heavy stuff. I don't know if two milligrams is a heavy dose, but, but nevertheless, when, when combined with mm-hmm. ten milligrams of something else, oh, that's you, twelve. We're milligrams just getting of, started. Just getting started. I'm tired just thinking about that. Uh-huh. At this point, it was about an hour after he did that. Doctor Murray said that Jackson was still wide awake, and then so he gave him two milligram of Versed. Same thing. Sedative. Why are you mixing all the sedatives up? Mm -hmm. It's like a big old sedative concoction over there. Mm -hmm. That is true. I don't know why he did, you know, it was a a literal cocktail and it wasn't just just give more out of van. Right. At this point, there's three different types of sedatives Mm -hmm. in the system. He said that he then rubbed Jackson's feet and encouraged him to meditate, which, honey, baby boy, if you just gave him all those drugs and he's still not asleep, meditating and rubbing his feet, he is a lost no. cause at this point. Just settle in, watch the sunrise, have a cup of coffee. Right. We're not going to sleep. Yeah. Stop right if there. If that doesn't do it, a little foot rub's not going to mm-hmm. help. Correct. Within about 15 to 20 minutes, he said Jackson fell asleep but woke up approximately 10 to 12 minutes later. So very brief sleep. This is when Dr. Murray decided to give him another two milligrams of Ativan. <laughs> I, it, it's literally like, what is he a hippopotamus? Like, yeah, he weighs like a, seventy-five pounds at this point. Uh-huh. I don't know how much he actually weighs, but he's lost a ton of weight. Right. Not sure why it's then, not working. All of that sounds like it wouldn't put like that. Sounds like a concoction made for like you know a six-six, mm-hmm. three hundred-pound football player. Correct. At approximately 7.30 a.m., Jackson was still not asleep, and Murray said that he was begging him to help him sleep because if not, he would have to cancel his tour and disappoint all of his fans. So he is desperate for sleep at this point, and Dr. Murray gives him another two milligrams of Versed. I can't even keep up at this point. I, I, I want to do some math. So 10 plus 2 is 12, plus 2 is 14, plus 2 is 16, plus 2 is 18. 
So mm-hmm. far, he has 18 milligrams of sedatives. Yeah. Sedatives. I put in all caps here. He is still not asleep. He begins. I. This is funny, and if you don't work in a hospital or not medical, you wouldn't know what this is. But he then begins to ask Dr. Murray for milk. Do you have any idea? No, I that, just thought I thought that was supposed to be sweet, like you know, like a little glass of it's milk. It's not. Yeah, I helps you like go to sleep, right? Because the other things aren't doing it, so milk's right. gonna work. I don't know. <laughs> what is this milk? Was, something else. Mm-hmm. This is code for propofol, and the reason it's called milk. This is this is what they put you on when you're on the ventilator, so you're sedated. Propofol is, and okay. you take. So we'll get into that. It's in a um, a glass con- looking container, and it looks is like it milk. White? It's white. Yeah. It literally, it's thick. It looks like milk. Also, how does Michael Jackson know that though? Like, okay, because he's been given it many times before. Oh, okay, I was about to say, uh huh. If I wouldn't have known to ask for that, mm-hmm. so he's asking for milk, code for propofol, and it's used for anesthesia. <laughs> so just all this stuff he already added in the system. On top of that, let's get some anesthesia under there. Oh. This point, it was about ten thirty in the morning. So he is given 25 milligrams of propofol. That I don't know numbers, but that sounds like a lot. I don't. I'm not. I don't know numbers either. But on top of everything else, well, it's yeah. way too I mean, much. 25 sounds like a lot just in mm-hmm. general. But you add that to the other 18 or whatever mm-hmm. we yeah. said. So at this point, he's at least got to be feeling good. Uh, he's at least yeah already dead mm-hmm. at this point. I feel like. <laughs> Murray said that he used a pulse ox, what we call pulse ox, to monitor Jackson's O2 and heart rate. Because you, at least you're doing that. Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, he also was put on O2 via nasal, nasal cannula. Yeah, because you're afraid he's going to die. I mean, yeah, because like, you work- know that that right there shows that you know something bad's about to happen. He's too sedated that yeah, you're, he's going to need oxygen. He's not going to breathe. Mm-hmm. If you need oxygen to go to sleep, you're. Because you're so sedated. We're in trouble. I feel like my heart, like my blood pressure and heart Mm -hmm. rate is going up right now, just Mm -hmm. like hearing all these like medical things Mm -hmm. get worse. Dr. Murray reported that Jackson was taking propofol every day. I have here. Then why did you not start with that drug? That was my first thought. Why didn't, if you're going to give him propofol anyway, just start with the propofol. Right. We didn't have to do all this other things. But Dr. Murray said that he was trying to get Jackson off the propofol. Well, off the propofol and onto the, well, yes. onto the other 12 mm-hmm. drugs that he gave him? Right. I don't know what... So, essentially, he was coerced into giving him... Jackson talked him into giving him the propofol anyway. The milk. Mm-hmm. The milk. You're never going to drink milk the same I'm really again. not. Nope. Jackson is finally sedated at this point. Like, There's yeah. no other... You don't give someone propofol and they're not... And on all that other stuff and they're not sedated. Dr. Murray said that his oxygen was in the 90s and his heart rate was in the mid-70s. Is that good or bad? Looking good there. Okay. Dr. Murray got up, had to go potty. When he returned, Jackson was not breathing and his heart rate was in the 120s. That's bad. That's not good. Also, I'm imagining him going to pee took maybe two minutes, three minutes. What happened drastically within that amount of time, I don't know. Yeah, that's quick. He has to start doing CPR. While he's doing CPR, Michael Jackson is, I'll go ahead and say, he was on a bed. So he starts doing CPR on Michael Jackson on a bed. Mm -hmm. Do you see, do you know the problem there? I don't. 
you're doing CPR uh, well, and you're doing the compressions, bed, the yeah, beds, okay. it's going down into the bed and you're not getting a full compression. So okay. there's that problem number sense. one. Because whenever you do a CPR class, they have you do it on the mm-hmm. floor. Right. Or a hard surface. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. While he's doing CPR with one hand, he's able to get his cell phone with one hand. Does he call 911? He does not call 911. He calls Michael's manager to tell Michael's <laughs> manager that he needs to call 911. Right. Because calling 911 would have been way too easy. Mm-hmm. He then gives Jackson 0.2 milligrams of flumancin. I haven't heard of this drug. I might know the common name of it. Anyways, it's a drug that counteracts the effects of the sedative. So this I assume kind of like up. Narcan, yeah. essentially. Security eventually arrives, and they call 911. <laughs> the paramedics finally come, and they find that Jackson's heart was in a rhythm called PEA, which stands for Pulseless Electrical Activity. With your heart in this rhythm, you never shock the patient. Why? Do you know why? I don't know why. He, he goes on to explain. Okay. You just don't do it. The IV that Murray had initially started in Jackson's leg, remember, had come out during CPR, and paramedics were having difficulty getting a new IV started. So there's another problem. Also, been in a hospital. When they code somebody, it's a very high-stressed event. People are everywhere doing all the things, poking in different places. So, um, Andy's on a bed, and it's not a hospital environment. I just see, I can just, like, picture the scene in my head. Andy's a celebrity, so Mm -hmm. there's that, add that stress to it of, you know, if we don't fix this. Yes. Can you imagine being those paramedics? we killed the king of pop. Yeah. First of all, I would just walk in, and I'd just be like, oh, crap, this is Michael Jackson. Like, a lot of pressure. Let me look around this house. Right. (laughs) Let me empty, personal MTV cribs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The paramedics wanted to stop the treatment. They're saying it's there's no point. He's he's gone. Dr. Murray, however, didn't want to give up at that point, so they relinquished his care to Dr. Murray. Because Dr. Murray's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Because Dr. Murray's like, I, I mm-hmm. I've messed up. Mm-hmm. Murray did CPR all the way until Jackson was placed onto the ambulance, and he is taken to UCLA. I'm right here, I have UCLA, but it's UCLA. Sorry, typo where they worked on Michael Jackson for about an hour. The cardiologist at UCLA suggested a balloon pump, which is a device that goes through the aorta and the artery that helps beat the heart in between beats. Dr. Murray questioned the helpfulness of this pump. He said it doesn't really work if you don't have any blood pressure, and obviously he's gone into cardiac arrest and everything else. His blood pressure is going to suck at so this it point. It doesn't matter if the heart's beating, if there's not, yeah, but they were not kinda, the right pressure. Yeah, but. it's... They're a last-ditch effort at this point. Oh, and I wrote, oh, I wrote that in the note. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even just you. read that. I just said it. By the time that he arrived at the hospital, Jackson's care would have been in UCLA, UCLA's hands, but Murray did not feel comfortable signing the death certificate until he knew the cause of death, so he asked for an autopsy. That's sketchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that feels suspicious. I don't know. Jackson, I mean, I get it. He's a doctor, but... Mm-hmm. You're not going to trust a team of doctors, mm-hmm. your colleagues. So I read several different reports. Um, I don't know why there was a discrepancy with this. That his At his autopsy, he either weighed 112 versus 136 pounds. That's small. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's tiny. I would say it would be closer to 
112, yeah. He was very, very small. You can look at his autopsy pictures. They leaked online, and he is tiny. It's sad. Very, very small. The autopsy revealed that Michael Jackson was wearing a wig when he was found. His hair had been reduced to what they described as peach fuzz, I guess from the malnutrition. Yeah. So, again, very ill. Or all the medication he was on. I mm-hmm. mean, if he's on medication for just about everything at this point. Yeah, you're just toking on some propofol. Yeah, some milk. <laughs> right. The coroner ruled the death a homicide based off of Jackson's toxicology report. There was an overwhelming amount of drugs in his system, what we just went over. Another reason they ruled it a homicide is because propofol was given outside the hospital and Jackson couldn't have given himself that many drugs. So, obviously, he you Someone can't you cannot give yourself that many sedatives. You right. are not in your right mind to right. give yourself that many sedatives. See, and I think when I like when news first broke, they talked about that like overdose of mm-hmm. drugs. Everyone's gut reaction goes to like a self-inflicted overdose of drugs. Mm-hmm. But with this specific type For of sure. drug, you know, because and that's going to be the headline people latch onto. Oh, mm-hmm. overdose. But depending on the type of drug that overdoses can quickly rule it either you could have given yourself that or you couldn't have given yourself. Like, you can't give yourself anesthesia, milk. Right. He did not. Yeah. The other reason they ruled this a homicide was they said the standard of administering propofol was not met, i.e. he was not in a hospital where they normally administer propofol. And on November 7, 2011, Murray was convicted of involuntary manslaughter. So they are saying it was an accident. Mm-hmm. Well, well yeah, he Involuntary, died. Involuntary. Yeah. Yeah. Unintentional. And then on November 29th, 2011, Judge Michael Pastor sentenced Murray to four years in county jail for, for his role in the death of Michael Jackson, also known as the King of Pop. Apparently around this time, there was an iPhone recording that Dr. Murray had of a heavily drugged and slurring Jackson. It was taped a month and a half before the pop star's death and first played during the opening statements, which why? Why do you have that? Yeah, I don't know why you're filming that. Mm-hmm. They Well, they the judge said it was used to, that he was going to use it to blackmail Jackson. So, yeah, any kind of video recording of somebody like drugged or intoxicated, you're, there's no good reasons. Probably shouldn't have it on your phone, unless you're just being a silly goofball. Now that I think about it, there's probably some on my phone. When we went to sing karaoke the other night, all those people dancing. <laughs> you were taking big videos of people dancing. Mm-hmm. They sway into the beat, living their life. October 27, 2013, Murray served his time, and he's released from prison. He's a free man. I'm sure he But so that was only two years. Yeah. I'm sure he doesn't have his medical license anymore. I didn't check up to see what he's doing these days. But alas. I'm I'm actually really surprised that he was only in jail for two years. Mm-hmm. Involuntary manslaughter. Judge thinks that you've got blackmail on Jackson. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they didn't put those two things together and make it a bigger deal than than it was. Yep. A lot of times, even with murders, people, the amount of time they get off, I'm just like, how? Yeah. Good behavior? First, first degree murder, at least life in prison. Every single time. Yeah. I don't see how there's different for different people. Okay, so Michael Jackson has passed at this point. In 2019, that's where we are now, 
a documentary called Leaving Neverland premiered. Ever heard of it? I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. I don't know why, okay. how or why I've never seen any of these Michael Jackson documentaries. Mm. I've, I think I've seen, like, I've never sat down to watch them on the TV, but I've seen different interviews from bits and pieces yeah, from parts it of them. on YouTube, on the tube. In 2013, Wade Robson, remember, we said we were going to come back to him earlier. He was one of the boys who denied denied any kind of misconduct and supported Michael Jackson, said we Correct. were friends, nothing weird about it. Correct. Well, now we have flipped the script. 2013, Wade Robson who is now 33, says that he first met Michael Jackson when he was only five years old, and he met him after winning a competition um, in native Australia, and he was a dancer, and I I guess he won this competition. So so this guy was from Australia, Mm -hmm. won a show Mm -hmm. at five. Uh Uh-huh, got to meet Michael Jackson. Two years later, his family was invited to stay at, you guessed it, Neverland Ranch. And he said this is where he first slept with Michael Jackson and when Michael Jackson first sexually abused him. Okay, so now that Jackson's dead, he's coming forward. He's coming forward and changing his story. Correct. He claimed that he had been abused continually for seven years, and his abuse only ended when he began showing signs of puberty and Jackson was no longer interested in him sexually. Tie back to Peter Pan in the real Peter Pan story. When the Lost Boys Got were no longer, old. Mm-hmm, he he um, he would what thin, killed the herd, thin yeah, the herd, thin the herd, and mm-hmm. it was either a literal thinning, like he or you know killed them off, is the insinuation, mm-hmm. or like th- manipulated their bodies to reflect like a more y- youthful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, tying that back gives me a little bit of chills. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. Maybe Robson read Peter Pan, and this is where he's getting this grandiose mm-hmm. idea. Or, or maybe, maybe it's true. Jackson read mm-hmm. Peter Pan, and that's where he's getting this grandiose idea. Yep. We don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly. For entertainment purposes only. Wade Robson didn't come forward with these abuse claims until after Jackson's death because he did not believe that he was molested until after he ended psychotherapy. And he said he had a nervous breakdown, and the psychotherapy brought back these memories of his sexual abuse, Mm -hmm. which I'm not hating on. I know that that, I've heard stories of that happening um, with other other famous people that go into therapy, and the mind is a powerful thing. It can block things to save you, um, your mental health. But— the timing of that matching up with Jackson's Since death, death. Yeah. and maybe that's maybe that's part of what the mind was doing. Maybe the mind, while Jackson was still alive and out there, maybe the mind had blocked it out. Mm-hmm. And then once Jackson died, the mind like let that guard down. But right. probably probably not just just the psychotherapy. It's it's got to be a connection to the, the his death. Like he's gone. Mm-hmm. In two thousand and fourteen, a guy named James Safechuck. He was then 36. He also claims that he was sexually abused by the singer when he was only 10 years old. He had appeared in a Pepsi commercial with Jackson. After meeting with Jackson, they met on the set of the Pepsi commercial. Jackson took James to a hotel room in Los Angeles where he attempted... Oh, he allegedly attempted to do it. I can't. I don't. I mean, the things I with know, children, I, I just know, don't like. I don't, I know. He tried to have sex with Robson, but it was too painful, so Jackson stopped. Ugh. 
That makes me want to vomit yeah. up my unicorn cake. Yep. Okay, moving on. Next next point. The following day, Robson said that he was summoned to an L.A. dance studio where Jackson asked him what he did with his underwear from the previous evening and if there was any blood on it. Ew. Which if these Also, is this Robson or Safe Chuck? Uh, Robson, I'm sorry. Okay. Safe Chuck, Chuck just met There's him on guy. a Pepsi okay. commercial and said that he um, attempted to molest him. Okay. Sorry, I think I said that wrong. Then Robson okay. is the one claiming all these things. So he asked him about the underwear. Then Robson claims he later discovered his underwear was stained, so he put them in the garbage. Trying to get rid of evidence, mm-hmm. basically. Yes, and that mental image is just... Uh, I'm trying not to. Mm. In 2017, so pretty recently, it was ruled that Jackson's corporations could not be held accountable for his alleged past actions. And as of July 2019, Robson and Safe Chuck's lawsuits were on a pill. So they still haven't gone through. I don't have anything after that other than I watched a bunch of interviews and opinions from both sides on YouTube. Robson, a bunch of Robson's claims and the timeline just does not match up. The, the details are completely different from back Which then versus I, now. Yeah, because that's what, when he, 33, when he was saying all this and it started when he was 10, five. Oh yeah. Seven, he met like him when five he was five, seven. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, big time gap especially Mm -hmm. if it's been a potentially traumatic experience and your brain is blocking out stuff so Mm -hmm. like in one case i get a mismatched timeline a little bit but also Mm -hmm. it was big chunks of things that were missing that didn't make any sense so that is the very tragic story of the later half of michael jackson's life didn't have I didn't have it in me to cover his entire life because his childhood wasn't good either. Well, uh, there's just there's only so much. Only so much. Maybe one and day we'll do there's another. There's more details to what we just told you. I just yeah. If you you know there there are lots of rabbit holes, conspiracies. Mm-hmm. You can go the conspiracy route. You can go the fact route. You can look at the the trials and the transcripts and the interviews. You can do mm-hmm. all that, but. There's, there's just a lot out there. The bigger the name is of a case, the more speculation and conversation there is around it. And we just gave you our little combo. Just a little bit. Just a two-part episode, mm-hmm. Peter Pan. Last week, you can listen to our episode from last week, Peter Pan Part 1, Peter Pan Part 2 today. And I think, I think we'll end it there. Let your, let your decision, let your, your opinion. mind wander. Mm-hmm. Be what it is. I think this is one of those things, if you knew him, it would just be like a gut feeling. Like, did he do it or did he not? Right. Can't say for sure either way. So, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Scary Tales. You can follow us on Instagram. Instagram On on Instagram, at Scary Tales Podcast. Uh Uh-huh. You can check out our Patreon. Don't know the link for that, do you? (laughs) Um, it's It's listed in the link in our bio on our Instagram page. So mm-hmm. head over to Instagram, Scary Tales Podcast. You can click the link in our bio. It'll take you to our Patreon page mm-hmm. where we talk about stuff that we can't fit into episodes. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to have some, mo- we've got some movie reviews over there. So for less than a cup of coffee, you can get access to bonus material each month. It's a good time. Yeah. 
I guess I guess that's it. I guess we'll see you next week. Do you want to yeah. tell them what we're doing next week? No, I never do. I know. You like to leave it a surprise. Yeah. Because when I podcast, other podcasts, I like it for to be a surprise. Yeah. So well, no. So no. So she. So Lacey's not going to give you any spoilers. Uh-huh. Sorry, y'all. I Sorry, but I love you. And hopefully we'll see you next week. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.